0: Welcome back to the short staff podcast. We are on season two. Wow,
1: that's incredible, isn't it?
0: I know. They had us back. Our second episode, you said that you didn't think it was going to go any further. No, but hey, it's lasted. It's amazing. Season one, for those of you uh, who are just now tuning in, uh, was us. It's syndicated now. Yes. (laughs) Season one. (laughs) (laughs) We walked through ecclesiology, the doctrine of the church. And I think we had 10 episodes through the Doctrine of the Church. Um, It was an enjoyable time, and so I'm glad that we're back. Uh, Now we are going to be talking about spiritual disciplines of the Christian life, uh, which, Pastor
1: Tony, you have a book here. Oh, yeah. Tell us a little bit about this book and who wrote it. Yeah, well, let me just say I'm extremely excited about this series. Um, We actually had planned to start this series right at the first of the year, Covid delays and all that, but anyway, in God's perfect timing, uh, we're we're getting this thing kicked off, and um, I, I can sense that our people uh, the last few weeks uh, you can tell that they're hungry uh, mm-hmm. for uh, for this series and they're really excited to be back uh, worshiping and, and being in person and and so I think the timing of everything is just uh, is just great, and um, I think this. This series with our podcast, if if the Lord's willing, as we move forward, uh, each each week we'll have a guest speaker who's preaching at the church on that particular subject. Mm -hmm. So that's going to be really awesome. Yes, it will be to have all these guest speakers. Um, But the spiritual disciplines of the Christian life, this book by by Donald Whitney, is um, it's a classic already. It's gone through several uh, publications and editions and and He's a professor at Southern Seminary who really has um, become the expert pretty much in um, spiritual formation and spiritual disciplines. And um, the thing that, that really um, I love about it is um, we live today, today when people are always looking for something trendy, mm-hmm. the newest thing, you know, they're always looking for uh, five easy steps to this or three ways to do that or whatever. And uh, Donald Whitney in the book is very clear that spiritual disciplines is not about uh, some new technique. It's not about something trendy. It's the things that the church and that Christians have practiced since biblical days. That's right. So it's not, you know, we're we're not creating anything new. We're, We're going back to what God has used to mold and shape and form his people since uh, the book of Acts. And so, you know, prayer and, and Bible study and, um, you know, journaling, your quiet time, uh, worship, serving, giving, all of these things, um, we, we don't have to find something, you know, cutting edge out of Lifeway's newest publication. This is just stuff that the Bible uh, has, um, has called us to and when we practice these disciplines, God uses it to, to grow us and to shape us. And so these spiritual disciplines, um, again, are, are something that the people of God uh, have throughout the ages um, practiced and, and God has used them and, and has shaped their lives. And so it's no different today, you know. We we have a lot more tools today. We got a lot more resources, you know. As we're talking about these various things, we have apps that can help remind us. You know, I got an app that comes on my phone at eight o'clock says read scripture just to remind mm-hmm. me every day. But I still pick up my Bible. Right. The yes, discipline the, hasn't changed. The discipline hasn't changed.
0: It's just we can get the disciplines in front different of our ways. faces uh, more and in different ways. Yeah. And look, just what you said, um, this has been going on throughout Christian history from, uh, the scriptures when they were being penned. And and this is what the apostle Paul says, discipline yourself for godliness. That's our goal. And and that's what the disciplines do. I I had a Dr. Whitney as a professor and I went up uh, to Louisville for this class and, uh, and, and he's a very funny brother too. Um, I don't know, you guys wouldn't expect it. A lot of those guys, of those you guys get, have drive Yeah, humor. they are. Yeah. Uh, so we were sitting there, and he was explaining the spiritual disciplines, and he just asked in this funny way, uh, class, where would you tell me to go if I walked up to you and said, today I want to get hit by a train? Obviously, you'd go to train tracks, right? right yeah. If I asked you, where, where do I go if I want to get hit by the grace of God? You go where God has said he's going to meet you. Mm-hmm and he's going to meet you in his word, he's going to meet you in prayer. This is what the disciplines are. It's getting us mm. uh, into an encounter with the, the living God, yeah. and uh, man, it's a blessing uh, to be ha- to be given by the scriptures, do these things, so that we're not just inventing things on our own to do, right. which may or may not work. Right.
1: Yeah, and, I, and we have to be careful. Um, you know, we, we are, I mean, every generation, I think, has to push back against this, but we we are. There's a part of our pride within us that think we, we need to come up with something new. Yes, we we need to be inventive. Yeah. We need to be creative. You know, yeah. I hear that all the time. Expository preaching is boring and lacks creativity. Uh, you know. Well, why do I why do I need to create something when God has given me the greatest uh, love story? He's given me the greatest drama. He's given me. Mm-hmm. I, I don't have to recreate it. Right. And, and so, I think that when you come to the disciplines. Um, you know, again, it's great to be able to have resources and have tools, and that we maybe didn't have before—new ways to take in the Bible. Mm-hmm. But my goodness, we, we don't need to be uh, ever chasing something new, when it's the you know it's the basics yeah. that grows you, <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, nothing more basic than picking up your Bible. Nothing more basic than bowing your knee uh, in prayer. Nothing more basic than than loving your neighbor, serving one another. Those those are the things that God Amen. uses. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Which brings us to the first discipline,
0: which is Bible intake. Yeah. Yeah. Many different ways you can intake the Bible. And we actually kicked off our series by discussing how we got the Bible in the Absolutely. first place. And yeah. this is something I found uh, Christians are very interested in. We should be interested in yeah. how did we get... The Bible, and I think the elementary understanding is that it just fell from heaven on a <laughs> silver platter. Yeah. Um, and uh, if we raise our kids and students to believe that, their philosophy 101 class will actually teach them some truth mm. and then use that to pull the rug out from underneath them mm. uh, because they had their hope set on something that was not right. correct. Uh, and the reality of us getting the Bible is all all the more complex, but all the more a demonstration of God's faithfulness and his power and his providence in getting his word to us than it simply just falling from heaven in a silver platter. Because it involves God speaking through the human author, um, bringing the the will of God and the will of man in line so that whenever we read these human authors, we trust that we are reading the very words of God. Um, And so we start with the Old Testament, Uh, obviously our... Protestant Bible is broken up into two sections, the Old Testament and the New Testament. In the Old Testament, we've got 39 books. Um, But whenever Jesus picked up what we call the Old Testament, uh, it was actually 24 books. Now, the books, um, uh, it's not different content, the Hebrew Bible that Jesus used uh, in our Old Testament. It's the exact same material, but there's just two differences, one being uh, we have broken up what was originally one book, for example, 1 and 2 Samuel, 1 and 2 Kings, 1 and Second Chronicles. Uh, the 12 minor prophets were considered one collected work. Um, and so uh, whenever you take that into consideration, that gets you from 39 to 24. The other difference is that uh, we have, the, in, in Protestant history reordered those books according to genre. You got the the history, Mm -hmm. and then you have the poetic, and then the prophetic sections, um, kind of large categories. But originally, uh, whenever Jesus picked up uh, the Hebrew Bible, it was in three sections, the first one being the Torah, Mm -hmm. uh, the five books of Moses, which is where our Bible begins, and then the Nevi'im, uh, which is the prophets, and then the Ketuvim, which is the writings. And there's something really interesting uh, about this order, and I think it's important uh, for us to go back to because whenever we're reading the Old Testament in that order, and uh, I won't take the time to spell out the order of the books because you wouldn't be able to, to remember it fast enough, uh, but you can find this online, uh, type in Hebrew Bible order of the books. But whenever you're reading it in that order, uh, the the narrative is all the more clear. Right. We still get it whenever we read the Old Testament. We see yeah. the, the plot unfolding.
1: And there are chronological
0: there are Bibles that you can that. That, that, that help that. bring yep. that narrative out yep. to the surface, and that, that's the strength of the original ordering. Mm. Uh, because whenever you're reading through and you get to the last book is actually Second Chronicles. Uh, and I wanted to spend a lot of time in my sermon on this, this no. uh, phenomena of it, it ends on a cliffhanger. While the Hebrew Bible is one narrative. You're not
1: going to talk about the Hobbit again. I'm it. not going to talk about okay, the sorry. Hobbit,
0: although I love the Hobbit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I can tell.
0: It, it's one <laughs> narrative, but it ends on a cliffhanger that leaves you in anticipation of a second installment yet to come. Just like the Hobbit does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so. But the Hobbit is not inspired. by The God. Hobbit no, is no, not no, inspired no, okay. by God. Okay, after that, the uh, the Hebrew Bible, after all those books, twenty four books, were finished being recorded. The Jews still kept writing things, mm-hmm. but the difference is, is that these are not writings from prophets. Right. Um, and how do we know that? Several reasons. One, Jesus didn't use them. Jesus used the three-part structure Hebrew right. Bible. Um, another reason is that these writings that happen in between the Old and New Testament themselves confess that they are not products of prophets. In fact, uh, three times in First Maccabees, you men- is mentioned that either um, uh, that nothing has been as bad. In our day, as since the time of the prophets right. ceased. And so they admit that the prophets have ceased and that they're looking forward to a true and coming I think prophet. A lot
1: of people don't understand. Just because something's old doesn't make it doesn't scripture. Doesn't make it scripture. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Absolutely. Um, and so I'm old, but I'm not scripture. <laughs> not that old. <laughs> hey, you're a couple thousand years removed from what we're talking about. So, for those three reasons, uh, that this is the intertestamental Jewish literature was not used by Jesus' scripture, that it itself admits it to not be scripture, and that if you tried to put it into the canon of the Old Testament, you'd ruin the storyline. Right. Those are three reasons why we need to put our trust uh, in the the closed canon, uh, the closed standard of the Hebrew Bible, 24 books, our Old Testament, 39 books. No more, no less belongs in our Old Testament. Right. As far as our New Testament is concerned, uh, every work in the New Testament was written by. Uh, it has a, an apostolic connection. Right. Uh, someone who was commissioned by Christ, uh, who is authoritative for that purpose.
1: Right.
0: So you can say that our whole Bible is centered on Christ. Right. Christ confirmed all the books of the Old Testament and commissioned all the works of the New Testament.
1: Absolutely. Yeah Absolutely. You know, and a lot of the a lot of the strange uh discussions and a lot of the heresies arise with these Gnostic gospels yeah, where, yeah. with these lost books and, and people who are wanting to bring them in um and put them on par with the holy scripture. Right. And without question, um the standard was very high mm-hmm. on what uh, the credentials were for for a writing to That's be right. able to be received. Yeah, and um, so I yeah I absolutely agree with you about the closed uh, canon of Scripture. the 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 thing today in our world, uh, it's not about the always about the books, the ancient books that they're wanting to include, but really today is uh, that there's many out there who believe that the big A apostles. Mm-hmm. You know, have come back on the scene, and right, that right. they that there are new revelation <laughs> right. equal the, with scripture. The God still speaks. Correct? Yeah, yeah. Now,
0: and that's we don't deny that the Lord speaks in yeah, in ways, sure but it's not that uh, whenever it's, God speaks to me, it's authoritative on the level of not scripture. scripture. That's exactly right. Yeah,
1: yeah. There's there's no question that God speaks, but if God was giving new revelation on par with Holy Scripture. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, first of all, we're doing a terrible job of managing it. Yes, we are. <laughs> we need a loose-leaf Bible, and we need to be figuring out where we're supposed to be putting this yeah, because yeah. we're going to be accountable for it. Yep. But but the Scriptures are complete. They're sufficient. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that the, the the man or woman of God is thoroughly mm-hmm. fitted for what God's called us to be and to do. Amen. And so there's no reason right. for there to be any additions onto to well, the, the Scriptures. Well, the very end of the yeah. canon... Do not yeah. add oh, or take away. Um, yeah, Cursed right. are you. Right. Uh, I, I don't want the plagues. I don't want the plagues. The curses in, in the book of Revelation upon me for adding to or yeah. taking away from the word of God. Well, this is something
0: so. that the church has always wrestled with people right. wanting to add to uh, what the apostles have handed down. And the last time the church, uh, I guess, uh, flirted with uh, books that were in addition to to uh, what we have in our New Testament, was uh, Serapion of Antioch. He, he was a pastor of the Church of Antioch. There was a work written uh, by someone under the guise of the Apostle Peter, yeah. and some of his congregants began to read it, and he picked it up, and as he was reading it, a few things stood out to him. One, it's a very new work, um, and, and so he writes to his uh, congregation, and, and we have this letter that he wrote and published throughout his congregation that we receive Peter as the other apostles. We receive them uh, like we receive Christ as authoritative and commissioned by Christ, but we reject those who are falsely, those works of falsely ascribed to right. Peter. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, and that's, you know, I think it's important you know that that first Sunday evening, I think it's important for people, uh, when they when they pick up their Bibles, uh, to to know that they hold in their hand a trustworthy copy mm-hmm. of Holy Scripture. Amen. You know, and um, and so as you as you talked about those those apparent contradictions or or things that they they are they are absolutely minute in the percentage of the Bible, mm-hmm. and they they absolutely have. No bearing upon mm-hmm. the central theme of redemption and salvation and right. faith and and those things, and to think about uh, as you talked about with the Dead Sea Scrolls, um, you know the narrowing of that gap between uh, the vast numbers of uh, manuscripts that we have mm-hmm. and the actual autographs. To to yeah. get that, I mean, it's mind blowing.
0: Yeah, there's it's unparalleled. It is in
1: archaeology. Nobody today. Yeah. Nobody today is arguing whether Julius Caesar really lived or not. Right, but we got a lot more evidence, yeah, and, and a lot closer time frame mm-hmm. that Christ lived and that the apostles lived and that the mm-hmm. death, burial, and resurrection is a historical fact than anything else in the ancient yes, ancient do. world. Yeah, and uh, the next is Homer, yeah. and
0: I mean, we just have. Uh, I can't remember the exact numbers, but a few dozen right. compared uh, to compared right. to hundreds and hundreds of manuscripts. Yeah, absolutely and that gap is also very important. A thousand years right. between Homer's events yeah. and or Homer and the oldest manuscript, whereas now, like for Isaiah, we have a second century yeah. scroll BC. Which is just yeah. a few hundred years. Yeah. That's yeah.
1: it's so close. Yeah, yeah that was what's mind blowing about it is, is you have you know, the, the scribes who were so meticulous in their their copying of, of Holy Scripture mm-hmm. that you can discover these Dead Sea Scrolls, the uh, scroll of Isaiah, and then lay yeah. it down.
0: That Masoretic 10th it's un- century text. It's, it's like,
1: unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. It's absolutely. So yeah. I what I tell people is the same power of God that inspired mm-hmm. the Scriptures mm-hmm. is the same God who has superintended it. It's preservation. To make sure and preserved it yep. so that we have uh, a trustworthy copy of the Word of God. That's right. And so um, it's absolutely a treasure. I can't, um, you know, uh, the second week I, I talked about Bible intake, uh, the, the nuts and bolts about how to study the Bible and so forth. But but I opened up by, by saying, you know, the greatest gift God's given us is His Word, and mm-hmm. um, I remember doing a revival at a church that was struggling up north uh, near Chicago and struggling just to survive. And about the second night there, I noticed nobody carried a Bible in.
0: Mm.
1: While I was preaching and reading the text, nobody had a Bible out. There was no pew Bibles. And I'm thinking, here's a church that's struggling to survive, and they are neglecting the greatest source of power and blessing that God has given to them, Mm. So they, they were not in the habit of, of spending time publicly reading the word, teaching the word, preaching the word, singing the word, praying the word. You don't have to you wonder know, why they were struggling. you wonder why, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and so uh, not only can the Christian never become fully what God wants them to become if That's they right. close their Bible and they just tuck it away, nor can a church who neglects. The continual, the habitual, the regular, the systematic teaching and preaching of the Word of God ever be the church that God intends for them to be? That's right. It's not possible. And um, so, you know, when we we talked about Bible intake, which is the way that you know um, a lot of times we talk about how to study the Bible. Well, a lot of people when they hear that phrase, they are intimidated. Mm because they don't think that they have the training, the knowledge, the the equipping to be able to study the Bible. Well, I'm convinced that it's, it's not just studying the Bible. I think he's right when he says it's Bible intake. right? Getting the Bible into us yeah. any way we possibly can. right? And so uh, I love the way in the book how he talks about it, it begins with hearing. Mm-hmm. Hearing the Word of God. And faith comes by hearing. Hearing what? Hearing the, the word, word of, of God. Christ. And so listening, uh, being a good listener at church, uh, listening to the Sunday school lesson, um, listening to the public reading of scripture, even when you're not dissecting it, you're not going real deep, you're just taking it in, Mm -hmm. but it has a benefit. it It, It has, it's nourishing you, it's feeding you. And so, um, when we come together as the people of God and, and we have the opportunity to, you know, Jesus said, you know, take, take heed how you hear, what you hear. Our ears, is, I mean, God gave them to us to, to take in this, this wonderful truth that he's proclaiming. And so to be able to be a hearer uh, and taking serious that what I'm hearing is the word of God. It's God-breathed, all mm-hmm. scripture, doesn't matter whether the the preacher or the teachers in the old or the new, it doesn't matter. If he's in the book, mm-hmm. it's God speaking. It's God breathed, and to be a good listener, um, you know, there's a good little book out there about expository Listen. listening. Yeah, and I think it's you know we need to train our people to be a good listener. Amen. Um, and any sacrifice you make to
0: be a better listener is going to yeah. be worth it. Reading that book, yeah.
1: bringing a pen and Absolutely. some uh, something to take notes right. on. Yeah. Uh, to church. Because in doing so, you're expecting to hear something That's that I need it. to yeah that I yeah. need to write down and remember something yeah. that I need to tuck away, something that I hear that that again is going to to feed me and direct me, inform me. Uh, but most people uh, or many people don't have that expectation. Mm. Uh, I think sometimes and. Uh, it, it's our culture. Uh, we, we hear so many sermons. We, we're, we do have the access to listening to the greatest communicators uh, around the world on podcasts. And so for many people, uh, listening to them is evalu- about evaluating uh, a delivery, evaluating how good a communicator is, evaluating the you know, the delivery, and we miss out on what content is what's important. What is he saying? It Mm -hmm. doesn't matter, you know, how animated he is when he says it or how monotone he may be when he says it. Is it the word of God? And so listening to the word as though it is the word of God,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: getting beyond the man who is speaking it and recognizing when he's reading and, and he's sharing with me scripture He's, he's speaking the word of God to right. me and listening as though God is speaking. Right. Uh, I, I think it's so, so vitally important. And I believe yeah. that if that's what you're looking for,
0: you're going to be okay with, hey, at sometimes sure. the preacher's going to be more animated and exciting than other times. Absolutely. Because if he's doing his job, yep. he's going to be in various texts right. with various genres, right. some of them more in, exciting well, than others. And, and
1: that, and just God uses men differently. Yeah, that's true. You know, uh, in, in my ministry, I grew up in a, in a little country church, and my pastor at that time had no training or education. And um, But I have to say that the Word of God nourished me, and I mm. grew.
0: That's right.
1: You know, and then I've listened to very polished. You know, we had Dr. Glendon Thompson here, who is uh, one of the greatest, br- most brilliant uh Men that I've ever met, and I, I've listened, and I was blessed through his, through his preaching, and, and everywhere in between, mm-hmm. you know. So I, I think that we have to be careful that we think it can only be delivered in this style or in, with, with this kind of delivery. Right? You know, uh, they say about Jonathan Edwards, you know, probably one of the most monotone. Read it from read it <laughs> from a manuscript, and people would be in the middle of his reading weeping and crying out to God mm-hmm. because they felt like they were dropping off into hell. You know, so it's, it's not about uh, the delivery. It's not about the, the person. It's the power of God behind the word. Amen. And, and getting people then to, to not be coming with a critical expectation of what the delivery is. Listen to what the words are. These are the words of God. And so, you know, hearing the word of God. And then reading the Word of God, there, there is no excuse. I, I say in this book, uh, it's worth the price of buying this book for that story of, um, of the man who was uh, badly burned in an accident, who, um, who lost his eyesight and lost both of his hands in an explosion, but yet wanted to read. He, he, he just hungered for the Word of God, and heard about someone who was reading Braille with their lips. And so he sent and, and, you know, and found out that he couldn't do it with his lips because his lips had been burned too bad. But in some way, in God's providence, touched his tongue to the Braille and figured out he could read the Braille with his tongue. And by the time he wrote this book, he, he had read through the whole Bible four times using nothing but his tongue. It's convicting. That's convicting. When (laughs) I read that, man, I I thought, oh, my soul. And I'm going to stand before God one day and say, I didn't have time to read the Bible? Mm. You know, yeah, we have time to read the Bible. Do we desire to read the Bible? Here's a man who desired to read the Bible, and nothing would stop him. Mm. And so um, I I think spending time reading, uh, having a time, we talked about this, I'm not one of those people that uh, every morning is a good morning for me, yeah, you know, same. with with my diabetes and I might have had a bad night sleeping. And, and so early morning, I, I can't say I get up every morning at 5 a.m. and have my Bible reading. Some mornings I do. Some mornings it's later on in the day. Sometimes it's in the evening. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think we, we need to give God our best time and and... As I said, I personally like to snack all day long. Mm-hmm. So I, I like to, to be spending time in the Word of God, not just check it off in the morning and right. then tuck it away, but all throughout the day going back and reading a little here, reading a little there, and, and letting God's Word nourish me uh, throughout the day. And But the thing is, it needs to be done every day. Yeah. It, it needs to be a discipline that you are giving it your time and um and and then having a plan uh, some some systematic plan where that you're because we all if 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 we wasn't reading through the scriptures with some type of a plan we probably never would read through Leviticus
0: right
1: absolutely not <laughs> you know? right. Uh, and and so we got to have a plan at forces because it's all the word of god and there's things in there that we will learn and see that otherwise we would not and so we we need to be reading, you know, the Word of God as as well as hearing it, and um, and so I like to listen. You know, I've got uh, the Scripture on my phone. If I'm taking a if I got a, a couple hour drive, I'll be listening to Scripture mm-hmm. as I'm driving. Um, now, you know, I can't do that with a pen and a paper, and but I'm still getting nourished. I'm yeah. getting fed. That's right. And um, I think it was uh, John Piper uh, who said that. You know, raking is easy, but all you get is leaves. But digging is harder, but you might find gold. Mm-hmm. And so, Bible study now is the thing. Then that there needs to be time when we, when we're not just surface reading and we're not reading uh, to check it off, so that we're getting through the Bible, uh, and we're not just listening. But now we're we're actually digging deeper. Mm-hmm. And so we're we're going to now study the Bible. And in studying the Bible, I think the thing that I would say to people today is. It's everybody can do it. Yeah. You, you don't have to be seminary trained. You don't have to have a PhD degree. You don't have to know the biblical languages. We've had enough gifted men given to the church over the years. That bridge. That, yeah. The academy ab- to us. Absolutely. And so, yep. and, and so t- pick up your Bible and have a, have a notepad and a pen and just begin to, to look at a passage and start asking questions about the passage and, um, you know, go from observation where you're, you're trying to say, okay, first of all, where is it in the redemptive story? Uh, who's the author? Who, who is it written to? What is the context? You begin to look at those things and, um, but then, then begin to, to look into it deeper and, and try to interpret what, what's he, what's the author meaning when he wrote this? Because that's what we're really after,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, um, I wish uh, the politicians in our world would understand that when it comes to the Constitution it's the same way. Right. We're not reinventing it and making make it say whatever we want to. We need to find out what the original authors meant. Yeah. When we get to the Bible same way, we we don't have the right to make the Bible say what we want it to say. Yeah. We're originalists. Yeah. 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 We we, we get go back, back to the original. We get meaning back of to the what author. the and um the quote I said the other night, I, I can't remember where it came from, but the, the Scripture can never mean what it never meant. Mm. So if the author never meant for it to say that, then it doesn't, we, mean, it doesn't that, mean that. It will never mean that. Yeah, absolutely.
0: So if we were to yeah. break this down to steps, step one, study the Bible, grab your Bible. Yeah. Step two, yeah. pen and pad, yeah. start reading That's and right. writing down questions you have of absolutely. the text. Yeah. Step three, concordance will yeah. tell you, this word also
1: right. is here right. and here. You begin to look at those. And if you don't
0: know what it means here, reading it in these other places will Absolutely. help you understand yeah. that. Yeah. Step four maybe a Bible atlas tells yeah. you where right. geographically. Geographically. Yeah. I mean, you're reading Ephesians. It's helpful to know that this is a city of idol worshipers.
1: You right. had the Temple of Artemis there. Yeah, you're putting it in its historical context, yeah. you know, yeah. and its geographical context. It's uh, it's context within redemptive history, mm-hmm. Old Testament, New Testament. Where is it at? You know, is it prophets? Is it the Gospels? Right. So, you're doing those things, and which I'd say is step five: getting a good
0: uh, commentary that'll yeah. point all of that out. Right. Uh, and if you don't know a good
1: commentator, ask your pastors. Absolutely. Ask Absolutely. Pa- that's because. You know the commentators and the commentaries are not inspired, right? And so you can you have good ones and you have not so good some ones. Some bad ones too, right? Yeah. And so, but the thing about it is this: um, when I'm studying Scripture, I'm not trying to find something new. Yes. I'm not trying to get a new meaning out of this ancient text.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm wanting to line up with what the church historically over the years mm-hmm. has. Has held, yeah, and that's why you go to the commentaries, yeah. That's that's why it, it's really that it's kind of like checking your answers, yes. You Want to make yes. sure that I'm not going off somewhere, yep. here, you know, yeah. And so I go to my commentary and I look at it. And again, today, you know, when I started out preaching, you had to have a concordance that was, you know, this thick, and you had to have hmm. a Bible dictionary, and you had to have all these things. Well, today. There's all kinds of Bible tools mm-hmm. that you can get on your laptop, you get on your iPhone. Biblehub.com oh, is one yeah, that is easy quick. It, there's yep, a lot yep. of stuff out there for people. So, you don't have to invest a, a ton of money buying resources. A lot of it's free, a lot of it's out there. Yep. Uh, but the but as I said, you don't have to be intimidated by the Bible. And um, and so you begin by having a hunger for it, mm-hmm. and when you hunger for something and have a desire for it, you, you will dig in there, yeah. and God will... And as I said about the spiritual disciplines, the first thing, uh, Bible study is a spiritual discipline, and yeah. you must have the Spirit of God within you, and, and if you're a born-again believer, the, the Spirit of God will will open the Scriptures up to you regardless of your education or training. I've known people that, that, you know, only had a high school diploma or a degree or somebody graduated high school, but yet they loved the Word of God and the Mm. Spirit of God was on them and they could just, I mean, amazing what God would reveal to them. Some of the greatest Mm -hmm. preachers, you know, never had formal training, but they were indwelt by the Spirit Mm -hmm. of God and the Word of God came alive to them. That's right. And so um, that's good news for all of us, Mm -hmm. you know that the Bible is available to us and that we can go deep into it. Amen. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. There's a lot more that we could say about Bible intake, yeah. but I feel like that covers the bases. Yeah. Uh, hear it, read it. Um, I've heard Paul Washer say you can read the Bible with your boots off and with your boots on. So read it with your boots off um, and then read it with your boots on, get a pad, get a pen, yeah. uh, begin to dig deep into the Word. As Moses said in Deuteronomy, this is no idle word for you, but your very life. And this is where we rightly begin with the spiritual disciplines. Amen. Amen. Well, I believe that's all we have for this episode.
1: Yeah. Next episode will be on prayer. And I think our brother Dudley is going to come. The Lord will, and we'll have yeah. him on here. He's a sharp brother. Yeah. I, we're blessed that.
0: Amen. Amen. And so until then, we will see you. God bless you. See you on episode two.